Thank you for joining us today on Positively Charged Biz. We are here to motivate, inspire, and support our listeners as they write their life stories. We are a proud founding member of the Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative, and you can check out more awesome podcasts at realdisrupt.com. Hey, everyone, I hope you are having a positive and productive day. On today's show, we are going to meet a woman that has proven that even through adversity, when you set your sights on a vision and you stay focused, you are unstoppable. Allow me to introduce you all to Sam Verma. She is the CEO of People's Processing a mortgage industry veteran of over 25 years with experience that brings institutional level loan servicing, and she has spent two decades originating mortgages and or managing origination teams and is a go-to consultant that advises mortgage processors on how to work smarter to drive down costs and close loans faster. Sam co-founded First Rate Mortgage Group and has helped the company grow to 15 million in originations in less than six months. Similarly, as part owner and CEO of People's Processing, which is a full service mortgage solutions provider delivering mortgage origination, servicing, and title solutions. They also implement strategic tools and process transformation to address the mortgage industry's operational and customer experience challenges. Sam is also one of my fellow NAMBA ambassador visionaries, and I'm very excited to share her story with all of you. Sam, thanks so much for being here with us today. And on Positively Charged Biz, we like to start at the beginning. So please tell us, how did you get your start in the mortgage industry? Thank you, Laura. I am so excited to be part of your podcast. As I have already mentioned to you on our NAMBAR interview that we had done, I got my start when I was going through a really rough time in my life. I went to interview someone at a mortgage company. They talked to me and decided I might be a good fit. They gave me a chance. They took a chance on me. And I am always going to be grateful for that. Now I have been in the mortgage business for over 25 years. And I really, really have to say, this is something that I love. I think the mortgage business, if you're in the business, you have to really love it. And I do. So, you know, I remember a time when there were hardly any women in the industry and especially Indian women. I was lucky to have a wonderful mentor through my early days. And that was always stay with me. Without that kind of support that I received, it was it would have been tough, but she really helped me get ahead. And I wanna thank every woman that is out there because because of everyone there, I am here today. So thank you. Wow, so you said a couple of very valuable things there, Sam. So let's let's back up a moment. First off, you said something that, you know, is very near and dear to both of us with being a NAMBA visionary. Someone saw something in you that made you stand out and they saw something special to give you that opportunity. And everyone that's out there listening right now, this is where we say to our entire community, we all have the ability now to make 
that difference in someone else's life, to be able to give that first step into our industry. So there's one. Two, you spoke about how you fell in love with our industry and how you have a passion for it. And, you know, people always say, you know, Laura, you're, you're so passionate about this industry. But in my mind, I think to myself, regardless of what you do, whether you're in the mortgage industry, whether you're a singer, whether you make widgets in a factory, whatever your role is, we always want you to have that passion. And I love the fact that you fell in love with our industry because, of course, it's great. And you still have that passion all these years later. And then the third thing is you mentioned being having a mentor and having a woman that kind of guided you through some of the paths that we had to make through. And you're right. Number one, there weren't a lot of women. And number two, your culture for, you know, very, very few. So it must have been very hard for you. And I want to dive into that a little bit more. What was it like coming into our industry and looking around? And, you know, people always say, you can't be what you don't see. Well, you had that situation. You were paving the way for others as you were on this path. So please dive into that a little bit more of what that was like. And what do you recommend we do? Again, looking behind us and to the side of us to help others move forward. Thank you, Laura. As a NAMBA visionary, I'm always here to help. I'm on LinkedIn. You can reach me through my email. It is on my website. Reaching, I, If I can be a help to someone, I would always love to do that. I feel that is something that we should be able to do. And I'm always here to support anyone that needs. Women or anyone that is new in the industry needs some support or help. And I will say that, you know, when I got into the industry, it was a fluke. I wasn't trying to get into the industry, but, you know, I am who I am. There's there's no way I can change that. So this was my path. I knew I had to stick to it and make it. You know, failure was not an option. We only, if you think of it that way, that you're not going to fail, no one can stop you from succeeding. That is my motto. I love that. That is so valuable, Sam, for everyone that's listening. It's not an option, right? You never at any moment, regardless of what was put before you, there was no, well, it got too hard or the market isn't good right now or this adversity is happening. It's, I have to figure it out. I have to go around. I have to go over. I have to retool. I have to adapt. So what is your recommendation within your experience of how do you continue to grow that resilience muscle to be able to handle when those challenges are set before you? I I think, and maybe this is just my personality, but I think women as a core, we really know that we have to go through challenges. We have gone through challenges in school, in life, in so many things. So, and coming from India where I grew up, this was part of the norm. And I knew that what I had to do, I had to do. 
I, I think when someone is on the path and it's too hard for them, I want people to stop and think for a minute. Are you grateful for everything that you have? Do you have your health? What do you have? What can be taken away from you? You didn't come with anything. You're not going to take anything with you when you leave this earth. You know, so you can do anything you want. Failure, again, is not an option. Hmm. Powerful. That's very, very powerful, Sam. And, and I think you're right. And I think, especially as, as women, I, I think you're correct that I, I like to have a saying that we're the CEO of our lives, right? And we're also the CEOs a lot of times of our families. And of course, I also hope that a lot of us are CEOs or entrepreneurs of our businesses because we do have that mentality of we can kind of juggle multiple things at times. You know, it's not just one focus. We're kind of doing multiple things. So I think there's so much opportunity, especially for up and coming women in our industry at this time. And that leads me into my next track of questions here. Now, Sam, you're the CEO of People's Processing, and we certainly know that in the year 2020, we as an industry had a deficit of enough qualified, trained people to help us be able to handle the increase in large volume of families that needed to get mortgages. So a couple of questions on that track. What do you look for when you are looking for a processor to know it's the right quality of person or the right personality or the right traits? What do you look for that you've seen them be successful? Laura, the first thing I look for is attitude. Mm. I think the first thing that you know you have to have is a great attitude. If you have a great attitude, I think you can be successful at anything that you do. You know, we can teach you things like how to process, how to look at a file, how to underwrite, you know, attention to detail, responsiveness. These are things that we can help you. We can guide you to a path. We can teach you ability to take ownership. These are qualities that I absolutely look for in processors. But some of these things I can teach. But attitude, I cannot teach. So if someone has a great attitude, uh, I can do attitude. To me, that is the first thing that I look when I'm interviewing someone. So how do you, what do you ask or how do you, or do you just get them to start speaking to you? Like to where you can get a full gauge of their true attitude? Like what are some tips that you do with that? So when we hire people, of course, we do a capability abilities test we give them a test they have to pass by a certain amount to make sure that you know what we're saying they get once they do that then i will i will ask a question i'm going to say here is something that i want you to do can you do it some people will say oh no i don't know anything about it i can't do it so i know they don't really have that attitude that's saying yes absolutely let me, let me try so the first person that takes that little pen and says, let me try. I think I might be able to solve it. So I know they're going to try. I know that they're going to sit here and, and think about how I can make it, how I can do that. And that is where the attitude comes in. So, or, you know, if I will, and that this has happened a couple of times is I was coming, I was flying in for some interviews 
And my flight was delayed. So we had about 20, 30 people. This is I'm talking about years ago when we were starting out. Um, I used to interview people. And we, um, so I, I sent, you know, my um, HR manager an email and said, hey, I, or actually it was a text in those days. I said, hey, I'm, my flight is late. I will be late by a couple hours. Can you reschedule or can you have those people wait? So when I got there, only two people had left because they were willing to say, okay, yes, it's okay. This thing, these things happen. We're here. This, that's what I'm talking about, an attitude. They stayed. I hired every one of them. Hmm. Hmm. That, is, that is such a great story. And, and it's actually very interesting. You know, I, I love to listen to podcasts and TED Talks and things like that. And I was actually listening to a speech by Seth Godin just yesterday. And he told a similar story. So thank you for sharing that because I think this is such a great thing to share with our entire industry. That he tells a story that when he's looking to hire, he puts out a massive, you know, hiring call, right? And he breaks the people into eight eight person groups and he gives them an assignment And depending on their attitude of how they approach it, it's not who did it the best. It's not necessarily what the outcome was. It was how they viewed the assignment and how they worked together in a group. Because some people will just say, I don't get it. I don't understand. There's not enough information. You know, this is impossible. And then, like, you will see how different people problem solve and come up with the answer. But your example right there. That was perfect because you're correct. You immediately immediately eliminated the people that you could, didn't want to hire anyway based upon how they viewed the situation. And I think that is a great way for us to approach hiring for our teams because we all know their attitude and how they perceive working with us, it ties into our culture. It ties into the success of working with our client partners and the families that we serve. So all of that ties in for their attitude. So I love that. So, okay, so attitude first. What are some other things that you look for to make sure that we're hiring the right team members for our operations team, you know, as we're utilizing your company or internally, what are some other good key components? Well, they have to be team players. That's the other thing. If, you know, and I'm not saying that lone rangers are not important because everyone needs some of those as well. But working with teams, attention to detail, responsiveness, ability to take some ownership. And those are some of the things that I absolutely look at. And I I always try to get some references. I always call their um, other employers to see how they did. You know, I ask when we hire a lot of college students, and I would always ask them, this is one of the questions I ask, is... How did you finish when you got an assignment? Are you one of those people that stays up and finishes the assignment right away? Or do you procrastinate and finish your assignment at the end? So depending on what the answer is, then I might ask another another follow-up question. How do you do something else? That will let me gauge how they do things. Or I'll ask something about 
something that they did for their family or their parents or for their sister or sibling, that'll give me an insight on what kind of a person they are. That's great. That's awesome. So Sam, tell us a little bit about what People's Processing offers, you know, to the industry. Well, we are an outsourcing company, as you know. We are, uh, we, our strengths are in processing. We really work on, with a lot of clients in the industry. And we, this is what I will, you know, say that we're a full service mortgage solutions provider delivering mortgage origination, servicing, and title solutions. So now what we have gone is we have taken um, some strategic tools, technology to process and transform our business. Because as you know, processing is so heavy in labor and manual intensive, right? And we want to take some of that and, and use technology to not be dependent as much on labor. Because we saw what kind of a shortage we're going through this year yep. because of yep. the pandemic, because of rates being so low. That's correct. And that's great. And you know what? That kind of leads me to my next question is, you know, I, I like to, I'm someone and I know you're like this too. We like to project what's going to happen in the next five years, in the next 10 years, right? We, we certainly are not just resting on what is happening today in 2020 or even going into the new year. So, Sam, what do you think your organization or, you know, from a processing standpoint and the mortgage industry, what do you think it'll look like 10 years from now? You know, and I think some of that is what you just spoke about. I think we will be using more artificial intelligence and technology tools. Of course, there will always be humans. There will always be relationship. There will always be us there. But I think the technology component will have a big um, help to us. So what do you envision as we go into, you know, towards the end of this decade? Well, 2030 seems so far away, right? That's 10 years from today, but it's not that far. I really think we're going to be seeing, and this is just my personal view, I think we're going to be seeing a 100% digital mortgage. And I will give you a very good example. And this is what our focus has been. And this was something that I had seen. I don't know if you've ever heard or seen a Carvana. Oh, yes. Yep. Right. So that was the first time I'd ever seen one in Austin when I was driving. And I said to my husband, I said, oh, my God, what is the world coming to? Can you buy a car out of a vending machine? It's like almost like buying, you know, a chocolate or a bag of chips or a coke from a vending machine. Those things are, you can think about, but a car. So this is one, our technology question that we ask everyone. And this is how we're going towards how people's processing is looking at at technology. Is if you can buy a car from a vending machine, why not a mortgage? How can we solve this mortgage underwriting, processing, closing, where we can get it done through a vending machine. That is my that is my vision. 
And I think you're right. I mean, when you really think about who's going to be purchasing homes, you know, in 2030, right? The kids that are in high school right now, right? That that are in grammar school right now, right? That generation now being in the purchase market, they grew up in the days of Amazon. They grew up in, let me order my Uber. Let me order whatever I want from Amazon. Let me do this on demand. And they are not going to allow us as an industry to provide anything other than that digital experience, that online experience, that on-demand experience, like you said, right? If you can buy your car out of the vending machine, you're certainly going to be able to have that mortgage experience not like your parents did, right? Or not like your grandparents did. So, I mean, I personally think COVID pushed the mortgage industry ahead, from where we would have been because, you know, a lot of it has gone digital. And what what are your thoughts on that? Like, what have you seen from your side in terms of what, you know, what COVID pushed us forward? Oh, absolutely. COVID, you know, was such a game changer for the mortgage industry. Processes that we never thought possible could be done working from home have become a reality and a way of life. Um, we really, I, I felt that, you know, if you were not sitting next to closers or underwriters or processors, how would things be done? We really have taken this to a, COVID has taken and opened our eyes to so many different um, ways that we can do this. E-closing, e-closing, I really did not think would become a reality so soon. And it has, and everyone has accepted it. So, you know, um, sometimes things like a pandemic needs to happen to make you change. And everyone, you know, that's the human race. We change. So we adapt and we have learned to adapt. Isn't that wonderful? You're right. I mean, the pandemic part, of course, is is terrible. And hopefully we're coming into rounding the corner of a solution to to help that. But in terms of how it affected us, I think you're correct. As humans, that's the reason why we survive. We survive because we can adapt. And sometimes a disruption, whatever that disruption is, right? A disruption has to happen in order to propel us forward. And you're correct. I mean, I know when we started rolling out e-closings, even at my company, we were like, do you think people will accept this? You know, what do you think is going to happen? Absolutely. They've accepted it. You know, and people have said, oh, this is great. You know, this, sure, it's a little different, but I'll get used to it. And okay, we have to do hybrid in certain places and things like that. But that's what's great about the human race is that we do have the ability to adapt and adapt well and thrive after we adapt. So, so tell me, tell me, Sam, what's a few things from a, from a business leader, an entrepreneur standpoint, what are some of the recommendations you have to continue to pull your teams through, you know, change and adaptation and continue to move forward and be a thought leader into continuing to innovate and as we progress through? Well, that's a lot of information. So (laughs) 
as a leader, you know, there is there are times that I feel like, you know, I'm always looking one year, two years ahead um, in the company. So what decisions I'm making today might be working on something that's two years away. Like, I will tell you this. Um, we decided to open a couple offices in 2020. We, they were ready or they were going to be ready in October of this year. It was a strategic decision we had made in end of 2018 and 2019. We never even heard the words COVID-19 at that point. You know, when this hit in March, I asked my business partner and my executive team, "Did are we still on the path to open these offices? Are we still okay to have this? Who is going to come back to an office? It was just, it seemed unreal at that point in March that someone would even go back to an office, right? We were, we were scared to even leave our homes, not even buy groceries if absolutely needed. Who was going to step out? But, you know, as the vaccine is coming back, we're thinking of these things. We're ready to go out. I have realized that we're social animals. We need to see people. We just can't be sitting at home and watching Netflix. I just cannot all the time. I want to go see my friends. So, you know, that was a decision that I've taken. So, you know, employees may think, oh, my gosh, why are they all opening an office in the times of pandemic. But these are things that we're always strategically thinking of, yes, this will happen, or, oh, the rates are never going to stay this low. What do we need to do now so we can be ready for when rates start creeping up? Those are things that as an entrepreneur or as a CEO of a company that we, I have to think. And I think some of my decisions, and I stay awake at night thinking about this, have I made the right decision? I think somewhere I read that when you make a decision, decision at that time is the right decision. Things may change to make your decision different, but when you take a decision, it's the right decision. So we should always stand by our decisions. And then we can adapt. You're correct. And that is very good advice. And you're right. We never know. We no one on earth could have predicted where the direction that 2020 went in many ways, right? We never anticipated the rates would be this way. We didn't understand what the Fed, you know, purchasing was going, how it was going to affect us. And we had no idea, you know, how long or what was going to be the ramifications of a global pandemic. But that doesn't mean you stop. That doesn't mean you just pause everything and just keep, you know, kind of floating along as a leader, as an entrepreneur, regardless if you're the leader of one, you know, and it's your sole broker shop, or if you're the leader of, you know, tens of thousands of people that work on your team, it's the same. You still have to be looking forward. You always have to be analyzing. And Sam, I love that advice. At that moment, that was the right decision. That doesn't mean you don't have to continually analyze and keep up with what changes are happening around and maybe tweak and, and make adjustments to it, but don't have the fear of making a decision because that's the worst thing you can do is to stay still. 
as an entrepreneur. You have to continue to progress forward and don't be afraid of making those decisions. And you mentioned about holding people accountable. That's the other part of it, right? We're holding ourselves accountable because we have people relying on us, whether it's that company of one or many other team members and, of course, the clients and families we serve. I love that. Absolutely. Those are the homeowners. In the end, it's about the homeowners. You know, it's homeownership. That's the biggest purchase they might make in their lifetimes. We are part of that. You know, a home is such a special thing. You put your head down on your pillow in your home every night. Right? We are so blessed. We, We should be so thankful that we are part of something like this every single day. Life changing, right? We literally have an effect on them. It's life changing. It's a moment in time that you will always remember, right? Yep. Absolutely. All right. So Sam, you're involved in Namba Visionary um, as an ambassador, and I know you're, you're part of lots of different community things. My next question is, I personally believe we can all make a difference in the world. What are your thoughts on how we can make positive changes in in the world, each of us? So there are a couple books that I absolutely love and I read. One of them is called Atomic Habits by James. Yeah, I know it well. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, if we did just a little bit every single day to change the things that are little habits that we do to make a difference in the world, we can, right? And it, it starts with our personal lives and it carries over to our work and it carries over how we do certain things, right? It becomes, I think those are what define you as a person, as a CEO, as a mother, as you know, anything, a father, anything in life. The other book that I have to say that I have read, and it's Give and Take by oh, Adam yeah. Grant. <laughs> great. Awesome. Yeah, great, great uh, video on that at TED Talk also. Oh. Sorry. No worries. So, um, So those are two books that I really feel that you know, if you took any couple points from those two books and made them part of your life, you can absolutely make a difference in the world. And we can make positive changes in our world. I believe leaving the world a better place than when I found when I came into this world. You know, I also believe in the circle of control and circle of influence, hmm. right? Sometimes you feel that you're not able to contribute in areas that don't concern me. But it may be true in some ways, but there are some ways that I can try and contribute just a little bit in my own way. And that'll contribute maybe to the initiative. That'll bring some change. You know, we we NAMBA to bring so many people into the mortgage arena, the new graduates that may not have a job, that don't know where to go. 
I think it's a great initiative. That's why we're part of it, right, Laura? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And even, you know, it's interesting, Sam. We we all started on this mission because we know the value and importance of bringing the next generation in. And of course, the diversity component of making it so, you know, it's not just people that look a certain way or sound a certain way. It's diverse, right, and welcoming. But then there's another component, Sam, that I really want to encourage everyone in our industry to also realize, too. You know, when I joined, when I became part of an ambivisionary program, I was able to meet people such as yourself that we hadn't crossed paths in our industry, right? All this time, the two of us have been in this industry for a very long time, and we never got to meet each other. And so I also encourage that, yes, take on these initiatives and be part of something bigger but even beyond that, get to know other people. Our industry and the whole world has so many valuable and wonderful people that when we extend our community to each other to network and become united, I think we all make the world a better place too. And I agree with you. We all want to see even our industry be better than when we arrived. Absolutely. I, I so agree with you, Laura. I, and I think, you know, as women as in leadership, we really need to take, be at the helm to help yes. make those change. If we do a little bit every single day, and I, I will say this, did I do something today to help someone that I could? Yeah, and if, I, if my answer is yes, then I know I've done something good for the day. That's great. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be in the mortgage industry. It could yep. be anywhere. Yep. That's right. And that's if, if everyone just had that thought every day, just think of the ripple, right? That we would all have. Yeah. I agree. Yep. Oh, my goodness, Sam, we could go on forever. This has been phenomenal. I love your insights. I love your philosophies, everything about it. I can certainly see why you have built a fantastic and phenomenal company because of your mindset with all of this and your leadership and your great leadership. So I want you at this moment to tell everyone how can they learn more about you, connect to you and about your company. So everyone can find me on the internet, www.peoplesprocessing.com. They can absolutely also uh, look me up on LinkedIn, Sam Verma, People's Processing. And that's the easiest way to find me. Wonderful. Well, this has been a joy. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing all of these great tips and guidance. We appreciate it and we wish you all the best. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Positively Charged Biz. I'm Laura Brandeo and we are here to motivate, inspire and support our listeners as they write their life stories. If you have an inspiring story, please email me at laura at positivelycharged.biz and remember to subscribe to hear more great guests and connect to us on Facebook at Positively Charged and Instagram at Positively Charged Podcast. Until next time, we wish you a positive day.